Hey guys, it's Mom Taraj, the podcast about being a mom that thinks that most mom stuff is super boring. So we created our own posse. I'm Ashley. And I'm Carrie. And we are ready to walk you down the red carpet of motherhood. Hey, oh. Hi, friends. We've got a great show for you today. We're chatting with Renee Fick about how your cycle can actually make you more productive. It can also make you less productive, but let's focus on the positive. Then we're talking about ADHD in women. I got a lot to say about this. As a woman with ADHD, right? I think I'm still being evaluated, but yes. Then as always, we have our hashtag swag bag. But up next, take it away, small child. The tits and the sits. So I went upstate this weekend. We should put this into perspective. We're recording before Halloween. We're batch recording because Carrie is going to Disney World with her whole family. So Halloween has not happened. So I went upstate to my parents for my dad's birthday. Happy birthday, Mark. Happy birthday, Daddy. We had a great time. Firstly, the trees were giving it. My parents said we missed peak by a week, and I just can't even imagine how that's possible. We sat on their porch, and you just see mountains of orange, red, green, brown, just beautiful trees, leaves falling in the wind, just gorgeous. And then we really wanted to do pumpkin picking or apple picking, so we went to this little off-the-road pumpkin picking patch that nobody was at. It was so much cheaper. I just want to use this as a cautionary tale for anyone who's in the Northeast who's just dying to see foliage. Don't go to the masker orchards of the world that have a crazy line to get into, a crazy line to pay. Support small business. There are smaller, off-the-beaten path orchards and patches that you can go to where you don't have to deal with another soul. It's totally quiet. They do a lovely job. It's cheaper. We got like eight pumpkins of various sizes, one of which was pink. I didn't know pink pumpkins existed. Love that. For $33, which I feel like is kind of unheard of. That's a deal. On our last night, my parents and I were like, let's go out back and look at the stars and how beautiful they are. So we walk out. My dad's flashing the flashlight. He puts it towards the end of one of their acres. And there were just two deer chilling, just chilling, looking at us, doing their night thing. It's not the life I'm accustomed to. It's very different than city living life, but really beautiful. Nice place to visit. Wouldn't want to move there. I was talking to my mom. I was like, there's a few reasons why I'm not ready for a phase like this in my life, if I will ever be, but I'm certainly not now. The number one of which is you cannot have food delivered. You can't have groceries delivered. You have to drive an hour just to get to a Trader Joe's and then an hour back, but you can't even get a pizza delivered. There is nothing that delivers. I need some modern convenience. What's your shits? I don't have any shits. Oh, wow. Okay, so my tits are, Ashley mentioned this before, but I'm going to mention it again. We had a ridiculously successful yard sale. So good. People who liked stuff but weren't sure, I took their number. And then after the fact, I sold my Peloton and my Uppa Baby Cruise and Ashley's fake kids Peloton thing. We made actual money. I mean, with the sale of my Peloton, I made over a thousand on everything. I can't get over it. I love garage sales and yard sales so much because my closet had more space. I got vibey and I reorganized my closet, changed where things were. Same. Rethought about why I keep my clothes there. That's why I did so well because I did it before everything and just cleaned out shit. And I don't miss anything. No. I don't miss one thing. I was hanging on to things with the 
hopes that I would fit into them again. We won't even like them when you have to fit into them again. And that's the thing. And now I've decided, and this is going to be a bougie bitch comment, I only like cashmere sweaters. And now with things like Quince where you can get a cashmere sweater, which I'm literally wearing for $50. Everlane has a nice inexpensive cashmere too. But it's more than the 50. Yeah. It's like a hundred and something. But the Quince is great. They're very soft. Matt has a couple of them. And I was like, I'm just going to start doing this. I no longer want cheap shoes. I want things that make me feel good when I put them on. And I got to tell you, I have been dressing so much better since clearing out my closet. I'm wearing sweatpants, but I'm still wearing a cashmere sweater. And I feel very pretty and polished and cute, even though I'm very cozy. I can't say that I'm dressing better. I don't think that I did as well as you did in cleaning out my closet, but I will. And we're going to have these garage sales two to three times a year. I just feel better. I have three Burberry coats and these Gucci heels that my mom no longer wanted. She gave them to me. And I got to tell you, even if I had a lot of money, you watch Real Housewives and you see these women spend like over $10,000 on a purse. I could be really, really rich and I don't foresee myself. I don't think I would do that. I'm the same way with a car. Why would I spend all this money on something? It seems excessive to me and it's just not the kind of person I am. I'd rather save my money or donate it or do something. Or have a massage every day of my life. Or have a personal chef. I'd rather have services than things. Yes, but I don't necessarily fit into those things that I named and those are the things I can't get rid of. Eve, our editor Eve, who's just turned out to be awesome, we're going to start bringing her in more often. Yeah, she's great. She reminded me that we said that we would put the stuff that didn't sell on Mom Taraj's stories to sell. So I think our next co-working day, that's what we should do. So that's my tits. My shits are just that we have 11 days till Disney and I am giving my family elderberry syrup and vitamin C because a non-refundable, extremely expensive Disney vacation. And I am holding on by the seat of my pants about what kind of health shape all of us are going to be in. It's like my worst nightmare that we would not be able to go on a non-refundable vacation. Oil of oregano too. I can't. I'm so sorry. But I won't do that. I've tried. I just cannot. I add it to some kombucha seltzer mixture and it helps. I'm just saying Sebastian was sick and I really upped all my supplements and shit. I was doing the oil of oregano every day and I have not gotten sick somehow. I just can't do oil oregano, but I'm doing everything else. And please, 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 can we get past 11 days with multiple visitors coming on airplanes and a birthday party? Can we just please... All stay healthy. Amen. Next up, Renee Fick. Today's guest is a mom and occupational therapist who had dreams of living life a little differently. Over the overwhelm, exhaustion, and being a monster mom, she developed the Cycle Advantage Method that teaches women how to leverage their body to create more time, revenue, and balance in your life. Welcome, Renee Fick. Hi, Renee. Hello. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. I was very excited. It all started with a TikTok, as it always does, (laughs) where I saw something about how the nine to five work day was really created around men's natural cycles. As was everything. Down with the patriarchy. Right. But that that's why women have such a hard time getting everything done in that time frame because that's not what goes with our cycles. I, six years ago now, was pregnant with my littlest. How many do you have? Three. So I have 11, 8, and 6. This year's first year of middle school. It's been a wild adventure. So it was six years ago. I was pregnant 
pregnant. My husband was diagnosed with a brain tumor. That was the year I got my dream job, but that whole tumor, seizures, surgery, all of the things really made me think, gosh, is this really how I want to live my life? Right now I'm going to work. I'm leaving my baby at home. Is this really what I want? And so I started into an entrepreneur journey and found myself hustling my butt off. I remember being at the hospital with my pump, eating food, multitasking, squeezing it in, and eventually traded my nine to five hustle for an entrepreneur hustle. And I just realized I can't keep hustling my butt off. And you know, your kids are little. They're only little for a short period of time. And so that's when I started really looking for how can I manage my time differently? What does this look like? And stumbled across how women function different. Men have testosterone and testosterone has this 24-hour rhythm. So they wake up in the morning with a fresh dose of testosterone. They come home. They might sit in the driveway or sit on the toilet for an hour with their phones before they come in. I actually do the toilet thing. I'm like, this is my time. Leave me alone. I now do it. I'm like, if you do it, I'm doing it. Their testosterone starts really high in the morning and then it waxes and wanes throughout the day, but generally ends pretty low. And so before they even come into the house at the end of the day, they need a little bit of a recharge. Us as women, we don't function that way. We have estrogen in the first half of our month and then progesterone the second half of the month. Estrogen and progesterone feel very different. When we're talking about estrogen at one part of the month and progesterone on the second part, where does that month start and end? Day one might be a little bit different for people and depending on who you talk to based on if you spot for two or three days or if you start bleeding heavy on the first days. Generally, I think they count day one as that day when you actually are bleeding, not spotting. Day one, all the way until when you ovulate would be more of that estrogen dominant. So when you're bleeding, estrogen and progesterone are a little bit lower. So that's your flat zone. And then estrogen will pick up. As estrogen picks up, you start to feel motivated. You feel excited. You feel like you've got lots of energy, ready to take on big new projects. You feel super on top of it and you feel like you're crushing the to-do list. Everything feels really great. And then you hit that peak zone when estrogen is at its height is right around when you ovulate. So that's the time when you're like, bring on the man. I am ready to make a baby. I'm ready for this. But it's also a time when you feel really great doing happy hours and being with your friends and chatting and being on camera. And then progesterone kicks in and progesterone is a little bit more of that slow down introverted phase. You might still be productive, but it's like, I don't want to deal with people. I just want to deal with stuff on my back end. I want to clean the house. So they're very different. When you schedule something on your calendar, if you schedule it day seven versus day four, 14 or day 21, how you show up each week is going to be different. With men, it can kind of be predictable. You schedule this thing in every Monday at nine o'clock and every Monday you can generally predict that men are going to feel the same way. But women, maybe one week you've got it in you and you're feeling like you're crushing it and you feel on top of it and you feel great. And then two weeks later, you're like, I don't want to be here. Why is this on my calendar? I can't do this. Really, it's about learning what those phases are so that you can predict them and you know, hey, this week I'm not going to want to be with a bunch of people and I'm not going to feel really great. I'm going to lighten my schedule, but I'm going to stack the cards on this other week when I know I'm going to have it in me and I'm going to feel more creative. I'm going to feel more energetic. And you know where to put those things so that it aligns more with where you're naturally just showing up. I feel like Ashley and I do that a little bit intuitively. Mm -hmm. And also Ashley and I are always like, it's good that both of us aren't in the shit at the same time. But that makes sense because our cycles aren't synced up. Which is kind of ironic because generally they do. I find that a lot of my clients, we end up being right there together. I'm in a perimenopausal situation. So my situation is very different than Ashley's. But how did you develop this? I was in a mastermind and somebody had introduced the topic and it was very woo-woo-y, very spiritual. 
spiritual based and I am in the medical field. I came from it from a little bit of like, okay, that makes sense. And then over the years started learning a little bit more about the biology of it and how that actually plays. And I started using it in my own business. I was doing something completely different at the time and just used it in the background. As women, we feel these feelings, but sometimes we don't have the labels or the knowledge of like, oh, this is why I felt that way. Oh, that makes sense. And that's generally the number one thing women tell me is like, oh, that makes so much sense. That's why I felt like a raging bitch last week. And this week I feel amazing. Or why you really don't have much to give when you're on your period, that you're just like, there is nothing left. Or maybe some weeks you might be really great with the kids and you're patient and you're calm and you feel like, gosh, I handled that conflict or that situation so well. And then two weeks later, you're screaming because you can't find the shoes. Then it becomes, how can I adapt and how can I adjust and make sure my energy feels good in all of the phases, not just, oh, that's that week. I'm just going to be that way. So week one would be your menstrual phase. And I call that one the recharge phase, downtime in order to really spring forward really hard. It's also a really great time to plan out your month, set your intentions, your goals. And then week two is that estrogen ramping up pickup phase, biologically called your follicular phase. I like to call it your accelerate phase because that's what it feels like. I've got the gusto. I've got the speed. I'm feeling really great. It changes everything about you, how your brain thinks, but also you sleep less. You oftentimes don't need to eat as much. You feel like you can do that HIIT workout. Your energy is at its height. Week three is ovulation. I call it your connect phase because that is your time to connect with other people, connect with your partner, do lives, do podcasts, go to happy hour, anything involving other people. That last week is your luteal phase. It's also what I call your reflect phase because that's when progesterone kicks in and they get moody, lots of emotion come up, but it's also the most powerful time for allowing anything to come up that you need to let go of to move on to the next phase and elevate the next one. Particularly if you're in content creation, this is your best time to write because you're in your zone and feeling all of the emotions and feeling all the feels. And so words flow out of you so much easier, but you don't necessarily want to be on camera letting the words flow out of you. This internal processing reflection phase, that's the phase where you're full of doubt, imposter syndrome, those limiting beliefs, all of those types of things come up during that phase. So those are the four phases. I didn't really fully understand my cycle until I was a 39-year-old woman trying to get pregnant and was peeing on sticks and pulling out my vaginal fluids and checking the viscosity. We all have this idea that you're just fertile all the time. And then we find out there's 48 hours or some crazy window. And it was just shocking to me. How did I live 39 years and not really fully understand? My parents are both in medicine and I'm very educated. And my mom was very thorough with the education. On a whole, as a society, we haven't really gotten into the depths of this. And it's only when people are trying to get pregnant or having trouble getting pregnant or in the perimenopause, menopausal world that we start to really dive into all the specifics. It's just crazy to me that we've lived our lives not really paying attention to these things until we absolutely needed to. How do perimenopause, menopause, being on the pill, being on synthetic hormones, bioidenticals, whatever it is, or people that just don't get a period anymore, how does that affect this method or vice versa? I think it's one in four have irregular cycles just as is. And I think that the first question is to discover why is it irregular in the first place? There's a whole group of women that are irregular because they're trying to live in this 24-hour rhythm. And the stress of that on their body, your bodies are smart. Your body is trying to adapt to the habits that you're giving it. I'm not a huge intermittent faster, but I've heard if you stick with intermittent fasting, I couldn't do it, that your body learns like, hey, we don't eat at eight o'clock anymore. It stops sending you 
hunger cues. And just like your menstrual cycle, your body learns, oh, this is the habits that we're doing. Okay, then this is how we're going to try to adapt and adjust to it to help accommodate the way you're living. Learning to look at the cycle and say, hey, this is the four phases that it's supposed to be running on. I'm going to help lean into that and start living my life in those four phases. And a lot of times your cycle will adapt to that and become more regular. I was postpartum when I first learned about this. So I had no cycle. I was breastfeeding and still hadn't gotten my cycle back. And I leaned in. I'm like, okay, I think this might be the phase I'm in. Some phases you probably feel more than others. That luteal reflect phase is usually very strong for me. I get super easily triggered. I can remember throwing a shoe at my husband. In there. Ashley one time jumped out of a moving car in a fight with her husband. That's true. And see, now you can be like, oh, it was just because I was in that phase. Oh, babe, I'm just luteal. I think we're going to stick with it was a him thing, but sure. So then I've imposed the other four phases on my calendar. And then I started actually bleeding within two months. And I've been very regular since I've learned about this other than the COVID vaccine. Living into the rhythm that you were intended to live helps regulate that. If you don't have a cycle at all, like hysterectomy, postmenopausal, any of those types of things, I firmly believe we were still intended to cycle just the way we live. We have seasons, we have night and day, the moon cycles. Our world is so rhythmical and so cyclical that I don't think that we were intended to be like, turn it on and just keep going all the time. For women that are postmenopausal or don't have that external cycle using some sort of a rhythm, and I generally recommend the moon because it does follow that same 28-day rhythm like a menstrual cycle would, oftentimes you start to still feel those same rhythms just in the same way you would if you were bleeding and your body learns. I definitely feel what you're describing very strongly during my cycle, all the things you said. And sort of like when I lived in LA and I missed having seasons, I missed that feeling of, no, this is the time where I'm going to do this. The good thing about being on the pill now is that I feel that a little bit better. I'm on the complete other side where I just feel like I have no concept. I know that one day I'll feel great and the next day I'm like, I don't want to move from my bed or do anything and I just feel completely depleted of energy. People like me who just don't feel body intuitive in terms of a cycle, how can somebody get started? I don't recommend making major changes and you don't need to make major changes in order to see the difference. If you don't understand much of what's going on in your body, I would highly recommend just starting to track it. There's apps that you can track. There's paper trackers you can use. The new Apple 8 watch has a temperature tracker. It eliminates having to remember to take your temperature in the morning. I bought the new Apple 8 watch for that very one reason, was just like, I want to learn more about what's going on in my body. It'll show me exactly where my estrogen picked up, where it dropped off based on the temperatures. And I just love that we're moving in that direction, that there's resources and tools that are making it simple and easy to start tracking and understanding. I recommend all my clients ask themselves every day, what does my body need today? What do I need today? Having that little bit of a moment to check in with your body, I think is one of the most powerful things that you could do. On a whole, we live in a society where we're told not to listen to our cues, where we're told to be more robotic and just toe the line, get as much productivity, this whole idea of the American way of working, 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 working. If we just just allow ourselves to be more intuitive to everything, to check what nature's doing, what are the animals doing, what is the moon doing, and that if we can connect all those things, again, this is hippie Carrie, the meditation yoga teacher. I think it's very valid as a non-woo-woo person. We live more in accordance with nature and ourselves, and the fact that we have had to try to push ourselves to not do that leads us to a lot of imbalances. I 100% agree. You could probably go on social media right now and within seconds find somebody that's telling you how 
to eat, what to exercise, when to wake up, the perfect morning routine. Everybody has an answer. And yet, like you said, not very often are we sitting there getting messages that are telling us, hey, just do what's right for you. Because I can guarantee you, we all have very different bodies and all of our bodies need something completely different. And what I do for my morning routine may be different than yours. And it may be different than today versus two weeks from now. And so really listening and leaning into that. This is so fascinating. Literally just the awareness can be a big shift for you and give yourself a little permission to take it easy here and there or finding small things that you can change. If you work a nine to five right now, you might not be able to change your whole day, but you can change your exercise. If you're a hardcore workout person every single day, maybe you just take it easy a couple days. Maybe you adjust how you sleep. I let myself go to bed way earlier in those phases when I need more rest. Learning to just follow those small little things. Somebody asked me to go out to eat on this day and I know I'm not going to have the energy. I'm going to just decline and maybe ask if we can do it in two weeks from now. I'm in the totes loots, guys. Can't hang. I'm going to be that person now. I'm going to be like, oh, you know what? You are in my connect phase. So that would work. But if you want to start in the recharging phase, I think we're going to have to reschedule. You're such a Virgo. I can't even handle you. Renee, I'm happy we learned about this. I'm going to adapt this into my life. We have a podcast called The Cycle Advantage, talking all about how we really leverage your cycle. On Instagram and TikTok are kind of the two places I like to hang out. And those are my first and last name. And if you want a cycle tracker, I do have one over there on the website that we can link up for you too. Thank you so, so much, Renee. Thank you for teaching us about our own bodies. I'm just hoping I unlock some potential I never had. Yesterday, I had a guy commenting on one of my posts and he did say, I know women have to just put up with and deal with their menstrual cycle. And I was like, no, no, no. We don't have to put up with it. This is our major superpower. You're like, have you ever read The Red Tent, sir? I have not. This is a powerful thing that I think when you lean into it, you realize, gosh, I am way more powerful. You could probably get more done in that follicular accelerate phase than men could ever get done. But you have to lean into those other phases in order to really feel that power. So it does become your superpower and it'll change the way you look at your cycle. This is so cool. Thank you, Renee. Thank you. We're going to talk about some signs that you're a female with ADHD. And also, please remember, we're not doctors. This is what Carrie has found on the interwebs in her own personal research that may be of use to you. But do not take this as gospel as we are not medical professionals. Also, there's something like a 30% crossover of females with ADHD and some sort of autism spectrum situation. To those of you that have a child on the autism spectrum, there There are lots of shades of sensory processing issues. I want to be very sensitive to the fact that I'm obviously a very high-functioning person and not to make light of those who themselves or their children are on a sensory processing spectrum that is less easy to function. So this will just be like a checklist. Fails to pay close attention to details or makes careless mistakes. That's me. Uh, yeah, that's you. Every single teacher report card said... Carrie is smart, but careless. I would agree with that. Difficulty sustaining attention does not appear to listen. I don't think that's me. No, I don't get the impression that you're not paying attention. Is easily distractive, is forgetful in daily activities. I'll change the subject mid-sentence talking to you. Or somebody will be telling a story and you'll be like, that reminds me of this time that this completely off-topic thing happened. (laughs) Right. Talks excessively. Yeah, for sure. For a living. Fidgets and often needs to get up and walk around. I feel like that's more me than you. A lot of this is 
changed since I did yoga and meditation that used to be me, acts impulsively and speaks before thinking. Ding, ding. Yeah. Like have made it part of who I am. Self-harming activities or activities that require extreme and unhealthy self-discipline. In my prior life, I was ex-anorexic. I would exercise to the point of being really unhealthy. Feeling of being overwhelmed every day. (laughs) This is one of those ones where it's like point to a person who doesn't constantly feel overwhelmed in 2022. Is time, memory, paper, or stuff dominating your life and hampering your ability to achieve your goals? The fuck does that even mean? I don't even understand what that means. I wrote it and then probably got distracted and wrote something else. (laughs) Do you often feel shut down in the middle of the day, feeling assaulted? Do requests for one more thing put you over the top? emotionally? Yes. I mean, for me, 100%. If I'm in a bad place, one extra thing and I'm like, I can't do this. I used to take a four o'clock Oprah nap daily and it was because I felt overwhelmed always at four o'clock. That's very Dorinda Medley of you. She watches Law and Order and takes a nap every single day. Every day I'm turning more into her, I have to say. Have you stopped having people over to your house because you're ashamed of the mess? No, I have a clean house. No, just because they break things. (laughs) Do you have problems balancing your checkbook? Yes. And also who keeps a checkbook anymore? Truth. Do you start the day determined to get organized and end each day feeling defeated? No. I do. (laughs) Have you watched others of equal intelligence and education pass you by? Yes, because I went to acting school. But that's my bad. Do you despair over fulfilling your potential and meeting your goals? No, I don't despair. I don't do despair. (laughs) Anyway, I was evaluated. Turns out I'm more on the spectrum than I am ADHD. Do you guys think you have autism or ADHD because of TikTok? I got it tell you, I definitely think that TikTok, I'm not going to say it's causing things. TikTok makes ADHD worse. Hello, short attention span. Right. It's adult cocoa melon. I do also think women tend to be like, oh, that's what's wrong with me. Men don't care to do that self-work for the most part. So I think it's really women who are like, oh, yep, yep, yep. I have that. That's what's wrong with me. That makes sense. At least that's what I do. Most of my friends do that, yourself included. The sensory stuff, the more that I read about it, the more that it seems really on the money. I've been really open about going to therapy and for years and years and years. They've always said I have anxiety, a little bit of OCD, and situational depression. What is situational depression? It just means that when too many situations happen, you can get into a depression. You can handle like one bad thing. But if there's a series of bad things or maybe something that you would normally get sad about, you get really sad. I call it the shit ditch. You can't get out of it. I guess that's what I have. Yeah, you're not always just like, wah, wah, everything's terrible. Right. Sorry, for people who have depression, I'm not saying you're like, wah, wah. (laughs) You know what I mean? I've been on anxiety medicine and it's helped me not have full-on panic attacks and definitely postpartum, it really helped me. But I don't feel like it covered everything. And the sensory stuff, a lot of my feeling overwhelmed and feeling panicked is about sensory things. It's about noises. It's about being touched. I've always called it weirding out. I'm like, I can't walk into the store. The lights are weird. I'm weirding out. And it's primarily sensory things. And then I become really angry and irritable. Going through sensory disorders... I'm realizing that a lot of it is not anxiety. It's sensory stuff. There's other tools like tricks and tips you can use to help yourself if you know you have this. What do you suggest people who suspect they might have ADHD or might be on the spectrum somehow? What do you suggest they do? How do they get a real diagnosis from a medical professional? There's a couple things. First, I want you to think about to what end. You're an adult person. You've probably lived your life and have found ways to work it out. Do you want to 
be put on medication? Do you not want to be put on medication? Right. Why is it that you want to know? Mm-hmm. That's the first thing. Really, I just was like, knowledge is power. I feel like I've been misdiagnosed. The yoga and the meditation has helped probably because it helps with the senses. The more I know, the better I'll be able to find ways to function. Yes. There's plenty of doctors. You can either go to your regular GP and ask for a referral to a neuropsychologist, or you can just Google a neuropsychologist. Now, some of these things will be covered by your insurance. Some of them will not. There's also lots of really good books, Thriving with ADHD, Women with ADHD, Unmasking Autism. Maybe the route you want to go first is reading one of those books, seeing if it hits some points. I want to say something about the going to your general practitioner, and that is that a lot of times we tend to think that our general practitioner has all the right answers to everything. And I just recently had a pretty bad experience for myself with my GP, somebody that I've been seeing for four years. I feel like I have a really good rapport with her. She knows that in the past couple of years, I've been really going heavy on my mental health in terms of seeking help, going on Lexapro. I thought it was because as Americans, we're in this mental health crisis, but it's really because they know that I'm seeking mental help and that I'm on medication for it. They had me fill out a questionnaire that was very similar to what they have you fill out that first checkup after you have a baby, that postpartum depression checkup. But it's not about your kid. It's about you. It's like, do you have days where it's hard for you to focus? And then there's like never, one day a week, a few days, all the time. And I answered very honestly. And of course, the last question being, do you think about self-harm or ending your life? And I said, never. They have you added up. I ended up getting a nine on this. My doctor really made me feel ashamed of myself. She continued to not offer a solution, but berate me about how she's not happy with that number. What if you were suicidal? Right. If someone said you're not happy with that number, that could push you over the edge. That's not the right way to handle it. 100%. I did take this to my therapist. I left very ashamed and very embarrassed because this is somebody I actually thought I had a rapport with. To have a medical professional then treat me like I, A, wasn't doing it enough, B, was crazy, and then C, kind of shame me on all of this. I tell you guys this story in this context to just let you know that your general practitioner is not a universal band-aid for all of your health issues. I use him as a service. I just recently said, hey, before I met you, I've had ongoing sleep problems. We've discussed it for the two and a half years that I've known you. Please prescribe me a referral to a sleep specialist. You know, sometimes your doctors are going to tell you no. They're going to say, no, that's not an issue. You can get a second opinion. I just want to remind people that GPs are not the end-all be-all. And sometimes they act like they know everything in the entire world. There's a reason that there are dietitians. There are reasons that there are mental health professionals. And even then, before I met Fran, I switched therapists a ton because I just didn't feel like it related. And this is part of why I'm so upset about this general practitioner because I had lost a GP that I really, really liked because the new insurance didn't cover this person. So I went through a lot of doctors to find this woman and I did really like her. I almost feel betrayed, which is ridiculous and over the top. No, I would feel the same way too. It's probably because you're mentally ill, Ashley. Probably is because I'm mentally ill in all honesty, but I'm doing the things to fix it. So I just want to put that reminder out for everyone. So I just recommend figure out what it is, your end game. I'm not disappointed if I'm not on medication. I just want to know and knowing that the ADHD thing is less and the autism spectrum maybe is more and then researching about that, I'm having a lot of feelings like I am not alone. This behavior is not as weird 
weird as I thought it was. It's okay to ask for space. My brain is different. It's filling in a lot of blanks and having a lot of affirming moments for me. And so far, it's been very helpful. Hashtag swag bag. My hashtag swag bag is a sleep hair turban. Ashley recently, we talked about in a recent episode about how Ashley likes to wear a turban and her mom is like, you can never wear a turban around me. I got a silk turban for sleeping and it's a game changer. So I already sleep on a silk pillow, but with Luna and Lee in the bedroom, sometimes that silk pillow gets moved and it's just a mess. And I'm not going to have like six silk pillows. That's opulent. This one's genius. You put it on like a beanie, a silk beanie, and then it's got a tightening thing. So it stays on your head. And then the top part up and rolls around so it's flat in the back. So there's two different things that help keep it on your head. I want to get one for Luna, but her head is too small. Even she, who doesn't have super curly hair, when she wakes up in the morning, it's just like rat's nest because of how much tossing and turning. For me, it's hair loss. I don't want to lose that much hair. And my curls just look so much better. And let me just tell you, that plus the silk pillow, it's a slippy, cold daydream. It's amazing. But I'll tag this. It's a small little company. It primarily is geared towards African. American hair and women of color and men of color. Yeah. I like my turban, my sleep turban. Call me Norma Desmond. I don't care. So mine is a combination of two things. I tend to keep my nails short just because it's very hard for me to grow them out. I just don't have the time for the upkeep and it's an expense. I don't like gel because it makes my nails very brittle. I have wanted to grow them out, but I don't want to do an acrylic or a wrap or anything because again, it makes my nails really brittle. So my two picks are one, getting a manicure every two weeks if you can. And two, this. This is called Nutrinail 5 to 7 Day Formula Growth. It is like $12 on Amazon and I put it on every night to every other night because I'll notice as my nails are growing, they start to feel weak or brittle like I can bend them. This stuff just really reinforces your nail, makes it really thick. Does it look like polish? No, it comes in a polished bottle, but it just absorbs into the nail. It just looks like you have nothing on. Because sometimes those growth things look like a nasty, chunky beige. Not this. These are the things that keep me up at night. I need to know. I know. This stuff is great. And then also collagen in my smoothies. When I take consistent collagen, my nails definitely feel stronger. All right, guys. Have a great week. We love you. Okay, that's our show today, folks. Thank you so much for giving us a listen. Please do not forget to rate, review, and subscribe or follow. We are out here on our own, and these things really, really matter. We want to hear from you. Tell us what you want to hear. Email us at hello at momtouragepodcast.com. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, all at Momtourage Podcast to hang out with us all week long. We are here for you. You are not alone. We got you. So go ahead, girl. Know this posse is behind you and go slay. Momtourage is a Cafe Mom podcast written and produced by Ashley Heron-Smith and Carrie Sotero. Recorded and mixed by Lee Mars. Our theme song, MILF, is by the band Mama Drama. You can find them on Instagram at mamadramaband or mamadramaband.com.